Welcome, everybody. This is the U.S. Grace Force podcast. I'm Doug Berry, along with my very good friend, Brother Richard Heilman. And our guest tonight, we're long awaited. We've been trying to get him on for quite a while. Yes. Jonathan Kahn is with us. We have some great stuff to discuss here tonight. And as you can see by the title below, Is America Becoming Possessed? is top of the list. We want to break this down before we get started. We need to turn this over to prayer. Father? Sure. We call out to you, Heavenly Father, especially uh, during these times of trial and tribulation. Help us to become united. Um, help us to become united as Christians throughout the world so that we can um, see a revival in the land. Uh, Heavenly Father, we are so very uh, sorry for our sins, uh, and we repent of those, and we do seek your face. We do want to be home with you again. Uh, bring our country back to you, to one nation under God once again. Amen. 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 All right. And we want to thank everybody out there who supports the U.S. Grace Force podcast. Thank you for your prayers, your encouragements. We thank you for your financial support for the Patreon program. If anybody's interested in helping us with a few dollars, please click the link in the description below. That's a great way to help support us and get this message out. And as Father mentioned in the prayer, this is, this is really a message of, of we just got to unite. We need to unite. We need to take a look at what's happening in the world and realize that there's a lot unfolding right in front of our very eyes. And that's, again, one of the reasons we wanted to get Jonathan Kahn on, because he has been addressing this situation so, so well and from so many different angles. So, Father, we, we have a great guest on tonight. I'll let you take it from here. Well, thank you, because I'm so excited to have you on, Jonathan. I told you that I've been following you since, well, I think since you wrote the book, The Harbinger. And uh, I, I encourage everybody, just type in Jonathan Kahn on YouTube, because You'll, you'll get what I mean. Uh, Doug always, we, we have kind of a fun little go back and forth that he calls me Father Connect the Dots. Well, Jonathan is the king of Connect the Dots. <laughs> he is just amazing. What he does to, it, uh, it's a harbinger of things to come, right? So he, he draws from the richness of, of the sacred scripture, particularly the Old Testament, and, and lets it speak to our times. And it's just fascinating. It's just fascinating. And I'm so grateful for your ministry, Jonathan, and all that you've done. Um, I, I, I wanted to, to share, especially, you know, uh, what, what Jonathan or who Jonathan is. So Jonathan caused that uh, quite a stir uh, worldwide with the release of that explosive book. I talked about the Harbinger. It became an instant New York Times bestseller and brought him to national and international uh, prominence. That's that's when I caught on too. Uh, his next books were all New York Times bestsellers: The Mystery of the uh, Shemata, The Book of the Mysteries, The Paradigm, The Oracle, The Harbinger Two, and now The Return of the Gods. This book I just devoured it when I first got it. It's amazing, and it really does speak to our times. He was named along with Billy Graham as one of the top 40 spiritual leaders of the last 40 years to have radically impacted the world. Called the prophetic voice of the, this generation, he has spoken on Capitol Hill at the United Nations and to millions of people around the world. He is known for opening the deep mysteries of scripture and bringing forth messages of prophetic import. He leads hope of the world ministry and an uh, an international outreach, teaching evangel uh, evangelism, 
and compassion projects uh, for the world's most needy. He also leads the Jerusalem Center, Beth Israel, a worship center made up of Jews and Gentiles, people of all backgrounds, just outside New York City in Wayne, New Jersey. Um, wow. And uh, Jonathan, I, again, I've, I've known you for many years. You didn't know me. <laughs> I was just one of your faithful viewers. But uh, I'm so grateful to have you on. And um, and again, you've done so many amazing things in helping us unlock the mysteries of the Bible. And um, uh, I, I just, and like I said, this this book that you've written right now, Return of the Gods, um, once I got it, I, I just really wanted to have you on the uh, on the show, on the podcast to talk about it. But in a nutshell, Jonathan, what does the Return of the Gods reveal? Yeah, well, this um, probably, I would say, um, the Return of the Gods is the most explosive book I've written. And, you know, and it's not like I haven't written explosive books, but this is what we're all dealing with. This is what's happening in our country, in our world. We're all watching these transformations. Even people who are not believers are saying, what's going on? This is not natural. What is happening to America? What's happening to the world? Um, and the, the return of the gods is really pulling away a veil that with a question is, could the gods, that we, what we call gods of the ancient times, the Bible speaks of them, could they be more than just myth and story? Could there actually be something real behind them? And if so, could there be spirits or entities behind them? And if so, what would happen if they came back? What would happen if they were in our world right now? What would happen to America? Well, they are back and it is happening and it is, it is lying behind what we are witnessing What's happening to our children? What's happening to our culture? What's happening right. to our public square? What's happening to our nation? Uh, and what if we could know which ones we're talking, which gods, which spirits we're dealing with? Because we're all dealing with it. it doesn't matter who you are. You're watching this. You're dealing with it. People in your life are dealing with it. Um, and if you don't know what you're dealing with and you're in a fight, it's going to be hard to win. So the return of the gods is to open up this mystery, but also to arm the people of God, you know, that, and so, because it's something that, again, it's affecting every one of us, it's relevant, I mean, a day doesn't go by where there's not something about this that relates to this mystery in the news, but it's, it's touching everything, and it's a very big um, uh, mystery that if, once you see it, you can't unsee it. Hey, Jonathan, real quick, uh, sorry to interrupt, Doug, but, um, you know, I think it's prophetic, you know, I, in that it, it it helps us dig deeper into the reality of what God's up to, what the demons are up to, and, and things like that. But uh, I, I, one more way I think it was prophetic is the timing of your book. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that? That, uh, you know, when, when, just tell that story. I love that story about the timing of when you wrote that book. When I finished it? Yeah. When I finished it? Yeah. Uh, well, what, what, not, well, the first thing, and I don't, I don't always share it, but you know, because everybody's in different places. But you know what, I was uh, in the in the ministry in the congregation. There are uh, I have associate pastors, and one of them, humble man, never ever has ever done this or said this to me. But he was woken up early in the morning, and he was like, he was like, he saw this vision, and he and he had heard this word, and he was almost like shaking. He, and he said, I, "This is for Jonathan. I don't know what it's about, but I have to tell him." He tells me now I was I started I was getting ready working on the book. He had no idea what the return of the gods was, what it's about. He saw me bringing forth a word standing and in front of me were all these altars of the gods. And as I brought forth the word, 
the altars started to break open and these spirits started coming out of that. So he told me that. Now, the day that I finished, well, before I even say that, what is the the, the biggest altar we have or the, the most brazen altar right. we have? It's that of abortion. We've killed over 60 million children on it. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, the day I finished the book, and I wasn't planning this because I couldn't have known. The day I finished the book was June 24th, the day that the altar began to crack open, where Roe versus Wade was overturned on yeah. that day. So the word was finished and the altar began to break and it was your birthday. <laughs> Thank you for throwing that in. Because <laughs> now I don't have to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just a little side note oh by the way it was father's birthday yeah 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 uh, that's incredible jonathan and uh, talk a bit about you talked about the spirits and and the possession and we've titled this as america becoming possessed what's the yeah. idea of the, like, the mystery of these spirits and can yeah. a nation be possessed yeah well yeah the, the the first thing is that you know the bible speaks about the gods and and you know everybody was worshiping gods back then i mean it didn't matter where you are you went to hawaii they're worshiping gods go to russia worshiping everywhere, everyone was, which is real weird, you know, that they're all worshiping these gods. Well, in, the Bible gives us the clue because in Deuteronomy, it says that when they're worshiping these gods, they're actually worshiping something called the Shedim in Hebrew. In the, in the book, in Psalm 106, it says they offer their children to the Shedim. So, so the Shedim is a word that means spirits, entities, with will, with volition, mm -hmm. uh, with consciousness. And then when it got translated to Greek by the ancient rabbis, it got into the New Testament, the word became daimonia in Greek for shedim. Daimonia is the word we get demon from. Right. And so Paul says the, the pagan world, they're, they're actually worshiping the daimonia or the shedim. So that the first thing is that behind the gods are spirits. They're not neutral. There are spirits. Number, number two, it, you know, the whole pagan world was, was given to these gods. So they were given to these spirits. And the closer you got to these gods, the more you showed the signs of spirit possession. You know, when you the priests and the priestesses and the oracles of the ancient world, you know, they actually they were shaking and foaming at the mouth and babbling. And they said they were possessed by the gods. They were possessed by the spirits. So the whole world, including Western civilization, was by and large a possessed culture. Cultures yeah. can be possessed, not just people. Right. And the thing is, so what happened? Well, what happened is Jesus happened. Jesus comes into the world. God comes into the world, and he not only has the power to cast out the spirits, but he also sends his word into the world. So the gospel comes into the Roman world, comes into the pagan world. God comes into the world of the gods. The spirit comes into the world of the spirits. And there's a clash, and that's why Christians were persecuted and thrown to the lions, not because of culture, not because of the economy, not because of politics, because of the gods. They were told, if you just will worship the gods, we will not kill you. And so the, it was ultimately a war of the gods, or the war of God versus the gods. Um, in the end, the gospel prevailed. And so what happened is it drove out. The, it was the twilight of the gods. The temples of Zeus became abandoned. The shrines of Dionysus became, uh, you know, became fell into ruins. In fact, even the ancient oracle said, we're, we're not, we can't hear anymore from the gods. This gospel is interrupting our connection to the spirits. So it was a mass exodus of the gods. But if behind the gods are spirits, then what happened to the spirits? First of all, it means it was the greatest mass exorcism in human history. It was the gospel delivering Western civilization. That's what has made the West so different from the rest of the world. But, but what happened to the spirits? 
Well, for that, Jesus gives a parable. In the Return of the Gods, I call it the, the house of spirits. He okay. says, when a spirit goes out of a man, it goes looking for a place to dwell. If it can't find it, it says, I'm going to go back to my house, talking about the guy. Right. goes back to the guy, says he fi finds the house empty, swept clean, goes back, gets seven other demonic right. spirits. They repossess the man. And now Jesus says, the man is seven is, is worse. The latter state is worse than the beginning. Now, because he's now he's possessed by eight. But but the thing is that people don't realize he's not only talking about a person. Because at the end of the, the parable in Matthew, he says, So it shall be with this generation. Mm. He's not talking about just a man. A culture can be possessed, a culture can be delivered, and a culture can be repossessed. And so the warning of this is, is this to America to the to the western world to the modern world and it is this any nation any culture any civilization that has been delivered by from these spirits from this darkness from this paganism by the power of god if it should ever turn away from god if it should ever empty its house of god the house is not going to stay empty but the spirits that were cast out of it will come back into it in the case of, of Western civilization, the ancient spirits that were cast out by the gospel are going to come back to repossess it. And when they come back, it's going to be pagan spirits seeking to take a Christian culture and turn it into a pagan culture. And if you want to see, you want to understand what's been happening to America for the last 50 years, it has been this. We, it is a repossession. Literally. And that's why it's so irrational. People say, what? It makes no sense. Even liberal people are saying this makes no sense. It is irrational. It is a possession of the culture. It's a paganization of the culture. And the other thing about it is if you want to get a little glimpse of it, look at what happened to Russia. When Russia turned away from God, what happened? It wasn't, it wasn't secular. It was demonic. They killed millions of their own people. Look at, look at Germany, where you had the gospel... What happened when they turned away from the gospel? What happened was Adolf Hitler happened. It was not secular. It was demonic. Mm -hmm. And so what happens, it's a dangerous thing for any civilization that has known God to turn away because the house will not stay empty. You know, Jonathan, uh, last week we had on the producers for the, the movie Nefarious that talked about exorcisms. And the movie's uh, just going viral it's 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 unbelievable i saw it but one of the things that we discussed when we got together was um that the 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 best part about that movie is that it helped us become more clear in understanding who these demons are and what is their intention uh and and because i think that uh a lot of us are either you know, consciously or subconsciously ignoring the fact that there's demons and, and, and that we can be possessed. Mm -hmm. And, but we need to understand that we need to know what the devil's up to. I always say like, as, as a shepherd, you know, I need to watch out for the wolves. And so I need to warn the flock, but, uh, but so, you know, okay, let's say, let's say that, 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 uh, America is, or is being possessed so then what would happen or what are the gods that would yeah. would want to make their way in uh or have made their way in or yeah. are making their way in at this time yeah right? what would it look like yeah. yeah what would that look like yeah yeah well it would look yeah it would look like what's what's happening now but when it first starts it starts out subtly 
And the thing is that that you know when I look back, when I, I saw what happened, what happened to ancient Israel, because the best test case we have is Israel. Israel knew God, but they turned away from God. And what happened? These other gods came in, and the culture ended up being transformed and destroyed. Yeah. Well, you know, there were three main gods. I mean, there's a number of gods, but there's three main ones. And the first one, and, and I call it, in the, in the Return of the Gods, I call it the Dark Trinity. And the first one is called the Possessor. And the Possessor, is, that's what his name means. In ancient Hebrew, that's what it, his name means, the Possessor, the Lord, the Master, and the Owner. And his, his you know, goal, what you say about strategy, is to possess particularly a culture yeah. that has known God to turn it away from God. Because that's what happened to Israel, a, God, a nation that knew God. Well, here's what the amazing thing is that when you look at when was it that America really began to start driving God out of its culture? Well, early 60s made a yeah. decision. Let's take, we're going to take prayer out of school. We're going to take the word of God out of school. That's how it started. People are, well, it's just the children. Well, no, no, that, that, that's a big thing because you're taking it away from the future. And, and everything that we are going through now begins with that because the danger part is, you know, say, what would it look like? We would open the door. How do you open the door? You start emptying yourself of God. That's exactly what Jesus is warning about. It's an empty house. So, you know, think about it now. Like, you know, they, you know took, we took God out of the school, out of the children, so look at what has now come into the schools. Look at what has now come into the children because the house will never stay empty. And what comes in is dark. So what comes in is we have this spirit of the possessor. Now we'll never admit we're worshiping him, but the point is it doesn't matter because they come in subtly and they come in with mass. They come in with, in the name of toleration. And so it comes in and this spirit, what happened in ancient Israel? Same thing now is it started driving God out of everything. Driving God out of the public square, driving God out of the government, driving God out of the out of every part of our culture, our public culture. Well, that's been happening. It's a spirit. Secondly, it says the spirit Baal caused Israel to forget God. This spirit is causing America that once knew God to forget God and forget it ever knew God. I mean, if you think about where we were just before the 60s, you actually had a nation where the, the secular public school teachers were leading the children of America in the Lord's Prayer all across the nation. And so we can barely even remember that. You know, the biggest movies had names like 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 the Ten Commandments, like like the the like you know, King of Kings, you know, like Ben Hur. Well, that's all gone. We can barely remember that. They that America couldn't even imagine this America in its worst nightmares. So this is it caused us to forget off. The second the other thing it did is the spirit of Baal caused Israel to overturn the ways of God, literally strike down the Ten Commandments. Well, it has caused us literally to strike down the Ten Commandments. What's been happening since the 60s is we are progressively overturning every, every morality, every standard that God has given, and until we are now. But it also goes deeper because the deeper part of it is we don't even realize it, how much this spirit has possessed us, is that... You know, when, when we, you know, when you have monotheism, you have one God, one truth. When you have paganism, you have many gods and many truths. So what do we have in our culture now? We have this thing that says, well, that's your truth. That's her truth. We all have our own truth. So there's really no truth. If a man says he's not a man anymore, but he's a tree, well, that's his authentic truth. If a woman says she's not a she anymore, she's a they, that's her authentic truth. Well, that's not, that's not enlightenism. That is wokeism, but it's not enlightened. 
It's paganism. It is paganism. And it's even affected us. I mean, if you look at the pagan world, you know what they did? They blurred man and animal. Well, we're doing that. They did it through clay. We're doing it through the genetic code. You know, another thing that 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 it says back then in the ancient times, it says, the Bible says that when they turned away from God, they ended up worshiping and serving the works of their own hands. Well, you know, when Paul speaks on Mars Hill, he speaks about the pagan world and their idols, and he uses an interesting word. He uses the word techne. We get the word technology. Mm. What it's saying is if we turn away from God, we're going to end up serving our technology. Yep. It's going to master us. It's going to become our master. And that's where we are. we got an entire generation that is now plugged in. And the Bible says they become like their idol. So what's yep. happening is that we're having children become less human. They're becoming like a computer. The computer's becoming more human. <clears> and it's mastering us. And that's exactly what, that's exactly what the Bible warns about. Yeah, yeah. Mastering us in mainly, I think, in uh, in indoctrinating us. Okay, Ch changing our whole outlook, uh, what we believe, how we should behave. Um, and the other thing too, as I was listening to you as well, they're overturning the Ten Commandments. You know, who doesn't see the particularly politicians where lie, cheat, and steal because the end justifies the means, right? It's it, it, that's that's just gotten into our bones, uh, yeah. especially in recent years, where I can remember, Jonathan, we were marking you and I are the same age. So we kind of <laughs> grew up a, kind of looking around as little kids as all this was kind of dismantling all around us. But uh, but back when we were little kids, I mean, you just automatically didn't lie. You automatically didn't cheat. You automatically didn't steal. You know, you just you just didn't. Uh, now it's it's just a method in, in a lot of people's minds. So. It's just, um, it's 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 everywhere, all around us. Yeah, when you when you take out God, you know, it nothing holds. You take out God, right. all these other things that we took for granted are not there anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like, you know, it's just what happened to Israel is that Israel knew God, but it became like the pagan nations around it. We are now getting a taste of what paganism is like, or right. or or neo paganism, and it's self destructive. Look at these children. And look how look how many people, suicide has skyrocketed. There yeah. are people who have self-destructed. Well, that's part of paganism. That's part of actually possession as well. So that's what happens. And you know, in it, I, I spoke about like some subtle ways that we don't even realize we're being paganized. But the other thing is that there's also a very brazen way because you know the the most the most brazen um, specific image image or symbol of Baal. You know what it was? It was a molten bronze bull. All over yeah. the Middle East, bronze bull. Even the golden calf is a form of it. It's a bull calf. But the thing is that, so you have the molten bronze bull. Could that appear in America? Could the son of Baal? It already has. Go down to New York City around where I am. Go down to New York City, also where the harbingers are. Go down to lower Manhattan, and you'll see a massive molten bronze bull that is erected. The people didn't know what they were doing. They had no idea what they're doing. But it's a sign in the Bible of a nation that has known God but turned away from God, given itself to the gods and interesting because Baal was actually the god of prosperity what do we call our prosperous markets we call it the bull market right. bullish you know and we have that all there so even without knowing it we've done it and I'll, I'll, I'm going to throw in one other thing I was I don't know if you saw this I think we once posted it but but I, I in New York City they actually un, unveiled a massive structure that was from the temple of Baal and they had a ceremony around it, the Arch of Bell. They had, I was there. We filmed 2016. it. 2016. 
Yeah, they they did it, and they 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 had the uh, deputy mayor celebrate. I watched the video of you there. They played music of Baal. Yeah. They uncovered a Baal, you know, worship. And and you know the interesting, you know the other time that it appeared? It appeared in Washington. And it appeared in Washington. Remember when they were having the trial, the hearings for Kavanaugh for the Supreme Court? Right. And you know what right. that was all about? That was all about abortion. They didn't want that, that they wanted to guard abortion. Well, Baal right. was also linked to the killing of babies. We'll get to it. Right. But the thing is that so it right when they were doing it, in the it appears on the mall. Right outside that building. I mean, right. we have given ourselves to bail. We cannot be shocked by what happens. So I want to tell the rest of that story, Jonathan, because this is another way that I think you guys, uh, you and I have been divinely linked. And Doug, Doug, Doug's part of this. No, I, but, I just uh, sit in the front row, Father. Yeah, whatever. Cheer you on. <laughs> but anyways, uh, our we, we we do spiritual warfare and spiritual strength training and all this with the U.S. Grace Force and. One of the things we do is a prayer campaign called Novena for Our Nation. So it's 54 days of praying for our nation. But it always ends with the National Rosary Rally on the nation's mall. Okay, so it's getting closer. We're almost ending the 54 days, and we're going to go out to Washington to, to pray for our nation on the mall. Now, a week before that, I'm seeing you in your videos talking about them planting the Arch of Ball. One of the things that struck me too, that you said, it's like planting a flag. You're cl claiming the territory. Didn't, is that something like, right? It Anyways, um, and, and so we're going to be out in on the mall as well, but we could be one of 40 places because, you know, they give you what's available. And I'm sitting there going, oh, I hope we're going to be in the same spot. I hope we're going to be in the same spot. Jonathan, we were on the exact same spot praying for our nation one week after they planted the arch of ball and we mm. had people go around the nation's capital and pray as well uh and when we were done with our, our our prayer time there um but here's the last thing is that that was the year jonathan that you and i were uh being honored with an award from the faith and freedom coalition mm. and it had the date happened to fall so this was on a sunday that we were there Mm. A week after the Archibald was planted mm. and the faith and freedom coalition uh, banquet where, where you and I were being honored. We were the, the two that they honored that year. Uh, we're going to be given an award. So I got, I was going, I'm going to meet Jonathan Kahn. Well, now I got to meet you and say, we were praying on the exact same spot that, mm. that the Archibald was and by mm. coincidence, but I think divine providence and, and I, I got to tell you that because the the um, the banquet was only like, I think, 40 miles from, from the nation's capital when we, mm. when we went to that. So all this coincidence happened, and Judge Kavanaugh was, uh, was, was brought confirmed. in. Was confirmed. Was confirmed, and, and uh, uh, Coney Barrett uh, was, was the next one, and then... And then uh, your book was done being written on the day the Roe v. Wade went down, you know. So yeah, yeah. praise God. Yeah. You know, yeah. God is mightier, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 And and we have to continue to pray. And um, yeah, the God is never finished, you know. No right. matter what, no matter we'll get it, but no matter what happens, God is never finished. And we still have to remember who's on the winning side. Yeah. Jonathan, you talk in your book about the enchantress. Can you Explain yes. that, break that down for us a little bit. Yeah, she's. this is the second of the dark trinity, and this is a she, 
This is in, in Canaanite mythology, she was the wife or mistress of Baal. But this is one of the darkest, most ancient principalities is everywhere. If you went to Babylon, they call, well, in the Bible, she's called Ashtora. In the Bible, it's Ashtora. But you go to Babylon, they called her Ishtar. Go to Greece, they called her Aphrodite. But this is a dark principality. It is the principality of sexual immorality, licentiousness, unbridled sexuality, sexual lust. And so, and plus she was a prostitute. This goddess was a prostitute. And what, and so the thing is that, what do we expect to happen? You know, it's kind of like Baal is that first spirit who says, okay, yeah, come on guys, the house is good. Come on and let's take it over. Well, one, you have Baal first. The Bible, you always say it says Baal, and then it says Ashtoreth. So first is Baal, then comes the goddess. Well, well, first came Baal, the turning of America away from God. Then what would we expect to happen? Like clockwork, what would you happen? We expect there to be a transformation of the realm of sexuality, if this one comes in. Well, what happens right after we begin turning away from God? What happens to America? We have the sexual revolution. Mm -hmm. It starts overturning it. These all have the fingerprints of the goddess on it. This is one, I mean, you know, what's been happening with the sexual revolution, it has been the overturning of every Judeo-Christian value concerning sexuality and marriage and gender and replacing them with pagan values. And what does a prostitute do? A prostitute takes sex out of marriage and, and puts it into the marketplace, puts it into the culture. Well, what has happened to America? Sex has been taken out of the bonds of marriage and the entire culture has become sexualized. It's a sexualization of children, sexualization of our media, sexualization of our, our entertainment. Well, that's the flood. It's the flood that comes with this goddess. And you know what? The other thing is that in ancient Greece, she was worshipped, just like she was worshipped all over, as the sacred prostitute. And the word in Greek, in Greek for prostitute, what she was, what they called her, is the word porne from which we get the word porn or pornography. Pornography comes from this spirit. In fact, the first pornography on planet Earth was the literature, the writings of this, about, this, about this goddess. Even the images come from her. So she uses, this one uses, has an explosion of pornography to seduce America, to seduce the Western world, to seduce it away from God and into paganism. So that's one. And the other thing is, we you know, we talk about the culture, and we'll say, you know, it's a, it's be, it's a being eroticized. It's erotic culture. The mm -hmm. word erotic comes from eros, the, the Greek word. Eros was a god, and the mother of eros was this goddess. So she gives birth to porn and gives birth to erotica, and that's how she casts her spell on the nation. And by the way, what else, what else does a prostitute do? A prostitute weakens marriage. So look what's happened to marriage when the sexual revolution came. It has been weakened. It has been undermined. It has been broken. We have broken homes, broken children because of this goddess, because of this spirit. And the other thing about it is she was also the goddess of spells and the occult. So notice at the same time of the 1960s comes the sexual revolution, comes the, re the revival of the occult. Tarot cards, horoscopes, you know, new age, all this stuff, uh, psychic hotlines, you know. And, you know, it is so much so that today in America, we have more witches than we have Presbyterians. That's how far this has gone. And so we are more, in the, and basically, you know, what we call witchcraft, and the occult is basically paganism, revived. 
And, and the other thing, she's also the goddess of intoxication and substance or substance abuse. Mm. So we are more addicted now than we've ever been. You know, in the 60s, yeah. they said sex, drugs, and rock and roll. All those things, so, you know, uh, sexuality, drugs, or intoxication, and music were all linked to this goddess. So this goddess has totally taken over. And by the way, the sexual revolution didn't stop. It has continued to this day. Mm. Yeah. And it was right around that time, too, where the consequences of adultery fornication were basically removed with uh i think it was griswold versus connecticut in 1965 uh with uh the supreme court you know saying contraception is should be available and then not far after that was roe v wade you know in 1973 mm. so so you had all that you know just kind of piling up on each other and and feeding that whole frenzy of the sexual revolution uh, during that era, it, it was kind of like an, an eruption of the diabolical, right? Right during that time, it was. It was, and again, you and I were, you know, we were kids at the time. I don't know, seventy-three. What was I? Uh, Fifteen, I guess. But uh, yeah, so you're a little older than me, maybe. I think a little, <laughs> but, yeah. a little but not a lot. No, but but yeah. And the thing is that, it, and you mentioned something, and it goes right. It goes right in line because. You know, with, when I say the dark trinity, it goes right in order. You know, you have the turning away, yeah. you have the sexual revolution, you know, because the thing is when you remove God, you know, it's kind of like you don't know what you got till you till it's gone. Right. You know, there, there's no choice, you know, there's no other alternative. It's either it's God or it's paganism. It's this darkness. Yeah. And, we, and you know, we, we forget about it. You know, we took it for granted because yeah. and it's been it's been like, you know, thousands of years, you know, but it's going to happen because that's what happens when you take God out. And that's right. what you happens when you take Jesus out. You know, the house, the mm -hmm. other dark things are coming into that house that have been there, that have been waiting in the wings to come in, and now they come in. And the yeah. third one, going along with what you you alluded to, the third one, the third of the dark trinity in the return of the gods is called the destroyer. The destroyer is the ancient god that causes parents to offer up their own children as sacrifices. Oh, in, in, in ancient Israel, called Molech which means king. Yeah. And the thing is, when Israel turned away from God, what did they start doing? They started lit, put, taking their children, putting them on the altars of sacrifice. Right. As sacrificing. And, you know, this was not uncommon. You know, in, in the ancient world, in the pagan world, it's not human sacrifice is not uncommon. And child sacrifice and child abuse is not uncommon. It was not safe to be a child in the pagan world. And it's getting less and less safe to be a child in America and in, and in the modern world. And so, so the old, you know what, you know what ended all that ended the sacrifice of people and babies or children. It was the gospel. It was the power of Jesus. That, that shows you how right Jesus is. But when you take Jesus out, when you take God out, Jesus warned, what comes back is coming back. Everything that was out is coming back. What was out was this God. So the God, this destroyer comes to America, comes to the West, particularly and you know when it happens? Right, like right in order. Baal, okay, remove God, America. Ashtora or Ishtar, sexual revolution. Then at the end of the 60s, 1970, America begins sacrificing its own children. We. This is the most pagan act. This is not enlightened. This is a pagan act. And so we're doing what, the, what happened, what we did before God came into the picture. And Jesus said they come back worse. You know, you know, Israel offered up thousands of children on its altars. We have offered up over 64 million children on our right. altars. Right. And one of the things I put into the Return of the Gods, I'll just touch on it. One of those things is that that 
the same way that they offered up the rites and rituals of, of child sacrifice is exactly what we are doing in the modern world. It's a modern way, but we're following the same steps, example, or the same aspect. Why did they offer up their children to these to this God? Because they were told if you do it, you're gonna get you're gonna get prosperity. Your fields are gonna be prosperous, you're gonna get money, financial. Why are, why are women told to do this? Because if you have a they say if you have a child, it's gonna hurt your career, it's gonna hurt your earning, gonna hurt your your academic, it's gonna hurt same thing in the end. You know, yeah. also what else, you know, they they burned the children. The Bible says they passed through the fire. We burn them with chemicals. You know, they used to play music to drown it out. Well, we drown it out so, so the culture doesn't even know how horrible it is. But and which were the children that were offered up more than any other children to this God? The children of the poor the, were the ones who were offered up. And, you know, I put in the book, um, I put in the book, The Return of the Gods, that, that when I talk about this, that, you know, they treated this act, this horrible act, they treated this act as if it was sacred, a sacrament. That's how they treated it. I put in the book where you actually have abortion leaders and radical feminists talking about abortion, and they say it is a sacred thing. It is a sacrament. It is a holy sacrifice. I, I mean, crazy, but that's what happens when you these spirits come back. You know, Jonathan, I make a point to the audience, too, is that 1962, I believe, was the Supreme Court decision that actually removed prayer from schools. And, and there was so there was this legal moment in America where, boom, something happens, a death knell to prayer in the schools. And then everything you've been talking about, the flood that just came pouring out after that was so, it's so obvious, you know, the hindsight 2020 thing, we can look back and see this, but it's gotten even further now. Um, and another side to this, uh, this, this, this demon, can you get into a little more about what's happened? Yeah. And I think it ties in with the child sacrifice too, because uh, now we're mutilating. Can you talk you're, more you're about that? Totally right. It's, it's, it's all, it's all joined together. And, and again, you know, you're, you're right. You say like, if we had 50, you know, 2020, we had 2020 hindsight, but if we really were watching what the Bible said and the way it warned what was going to happen, we could have said this was all going to happen because yeah. that's what I'm yeah. So, so yeah. So there was another side to this goddess in, in the, in the return of the gods that I call at this point, I call her the transformer because she, there was something strange in When I looked at the ancient inscriptions about this goddess and I, and I, I don't just say it, I put it in the book so you can actually see what they actually said. It said, she says, I am a woman, I am a man. It says in one of her hymns, oh, you know, great goddess, you have the power to turn a man into a woman, turn a woman into a man. This is the, the spirit that, that confuses gender, merges gender, replaces gender, destroys gender, the spirit of androgyny, and it's no accident that this is what we are w witnessing now. You know, this could never come out in 1962. It would be too radical. So, you know, you, they can't come in all, like, they have to hide it. But once this spirit starts possessing the culture, once you have the sexual revolution for a while, and you're already destroying marriages, you're, you're, you're destroying men, women, all, well, this is what's gonna come in. This is her darker work or her deeper work. So that's why we're dealing with it now. And so what we're dealing with is the destruction of gender. And starting with, I mean, this is not just, in sexuality, I'll get to it, but it's in everything. It's, it's literally a spirit because, for instance, it says that she grinds away the masculinity of men. Hmm. There is a spirit in America right now that is doing exactly that, oh, yeah. grinding away the masculinity of men. You know, when I when I was growing, actually, all right, this is before my time a little bit. They had they had shows like Father Knows Best. Can you imagine a show today with that title? 
now fathers are mocked, are 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 just are vilified. You know, well, that's part of it. You know, this goddess actually raged against the patriarchy. She raged against male authority. She hated it. So we're watching this spirit now in our world. It says she grinds away. So she takes men away from manhood, takes men away from fatherhood, men away from marriage, men away from women. And that's what she's doing to an entire generation. Then on the other hand, is that what she does is she defeminizes women. You know, she was a she was a female entity in a sense, but she was filled with masculine attributes. So she's trying, she's seeking to make women of our time into her image and to defeminize them, take them away from womanhood, take them away from pay a marriage, take them away from motherhood, have them kill their own babies, take them away from all those things, you know, and, and take them. And so she separates man, separates woman, and starts emasculating the one and, and masculinizing the other. So we have a real weird culture because in our culture, if a man acts masculine, the, the, the culture will say, this is toxic, horrible. If a woman acts the exact same way, masculine, the culture will applaud and say, bravo. So it's affecting us in every way. But now let me go deeper because she had a priesthood, a strange priesthood. And it was, they were called the Asinu. And they were men who walked around in her temples dressed up as women. They were dressed up as women. They spoke as women. And so, and people would take their children to the temples to see the men in drag. And so it's all, when you see this coming back, you know that the gods are back and you're dealing with something very, very major here. And the thing is, and you know what, if, if, same one, if we had, again, known this in 1962, we could have said, if the, the Bible said, it's all coming back. Because this was part of the culture. We, we don't, you know, we don't have a long memory. So it's all coming back when you take God out. So we have the men, men in the, celebrated by the culture, dressed up as women with children. And some of those men, were actually surgically transitioned. They were surgically transitioned for the God, her priests. They were, they had organs removed, they, which affected their hormones. And so literally, in fact, I found, I found an ancient inscription where it says that, that the transitioned of the goddess, they, go, they dance before the goddess carrying scalpels. They're celebrating their transition. Well, we're watching it in our culture, celebrating yeah. our transition. But you know what? Now, remember, you know, the Bible is always the answer, you know? And Jesus said, warned, when they come back, they come back worse. So back then, she possessed a priesthood. Now she's seeking to possess an entire generation of children. And she's to confuse that the same school system that once led our children in the Lord's Prayer is now leading them into being confused about whether they're male or female and then leading them to surgery. And so, and, and you know, even... Non-believers are saying, how can an adult, what would possess an adult to mutilate a child for the rest of their life? This person. Well, you know what would possess them? This would possess them. Mm. Jonathan, mm. I, I, I think I might have heard you talk about this in the past, but um, what's your take? Why are these gods or demons so brassy, so arrogant? Like, it, it's just, this is the new normal you will sit down, you will shut up, you know, or you'll be canceled, or you'll be persecuted. Why are they so arrogant, so bold at, at this time? And I, I feel like it's only been like the last three or four years that, that, that they've been that brassy. I mean, things like you'll get canceled if you don't use the right pronoun and all that kind of stuff. But, but it, there, there's, there's a tyranny it's a it's in a, a, a severe oppression 
that's going on right now. Why, why do you, th or, or first of all, I want to ask, is that your take? Yeah. And then if it is, why do you think it is? Well, one is they're all linked. They're all linked to a principality behind them. And that that's the principality of the enemy. And the enemy is the enemy is the, is the spirit of pride. You know, it's a pride, you know, pride, I shall ascend. I shall. Ascend. So pride is in all of them. The, the, and especially and, and, and Ashtora, the goddess of sexual altering sexuality is especially, you know, she's described as, as this, this totally filled with pride. The other thing is that, that it's interesting you said in the last few years, it's like, it's accelerated. That's how it goes. When they first come in the door, they come in in the name of everybody do your own thing. Be open. Tolerance. Tolerance. Everybody, it's all okay. If it, you know, you know, if it feels good, do it. But that's only to get inside the door. Once they get inside the door, that it's only to open the door of a Christian civilization to pagan values or pagan pagan spirits. Once they get in the door, once they get in, they get empowered. Once they become established, then all of a sudden it's not it's not anything goes anymore. It's not tolerance anymore. Now it's every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess. What happened when Baal took over Israel? All of a sudden, everyone had to bow their knee before Baal. So the gods are always after that. They're always at. They want every knee to bow, every tongue to confess, because you know what? They want to replace God. You know, that's the whole point. So, so therefore, they're never going to be content with toleration. Once it gets in there, and so, that, so what you're seeing now is it's simply the same God, same spirit, but they have passed different thresholds where now they can come out of the closet, they can come out of their, their timidity and say, now we can force everybody to do this thing that just a few years ago, everybody was saying, this is shocking. Well, they, they, you know, they, they performed their possession on those people. Now they can say good is evil and evil is good. And you know, the, what, what Isaiah said, speaking of that, he said, woe to, the, woe to those who call evil good and good evil. It always goes together. The same civilization that calls what is evil or sin good will end up calling what is good evil. So we've been watching all this calling of sin. Oh, it's good. It's okay. It's acceptable. The end, but the other side, it's always going to go there. Now we start canceling out the good. Now we will not allow, now, now God is evil. Now the gospel is evil. Now, now Christians are evil. And so that's always where it goes. It's always where it was going. Yeah. And that's a, that's a, that's such an important point to make. And I think a lot of the audience, you know, that follows us in the grace force probably can, can get a sense of that. But I mean, Jonathan, do you think we still live in this kind of normalcy bias mindset? Because I would say that there are a lot of people, as long as they got a little bit of money in the bank and the grass is relatively green in their lawn and their kids are playing sports, you know, and they hear about the strange flash mob riot of the teenagers, which just happened about a week ago in Chicago at the time we record this, but also the time uh, another 100 teenagers break into a gas station in California and just mob it and destroy it. These things are happening more frequently. You had the riots in the streets, 150 cities a couple summers ago. You've got all this sort of stuff, and people still have this kind of normalcy bias mindset. As long as it's not in my lawn, my neighborhood, or my doorstep, I don't got to be that worried about it, really, do I? And I agree with you. Look at the playbook of these demons. This is only going to continue to move this trajectory one direction here. Um, obviously, we know that God's will, you know, he, he can step in and intervene, but he allows us, does he not, to, to go the direction we're going, and then we have to deal with the consequences. And that's Old Testament as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's Old Testament and, and New Testament in that, you know, Paul says, 
he, he, in Romans, he says, you know, he, he says, what happened? They turned away from God first. Then they started worshiping, you know, the, the creation. Then they started altering sexuality. And then they started heading to destruction. And so, yeah, so absolutely. And the thing is that, I mean, apart from revival, America's law. So uh, we need revival. But without revival, this is where it goes. It, it, there's not another direction. You're absolutely right. This is where it goes. And so, and, and the thing is, you know, you can say like, you know, if you don't fight this, and I'm not, we're not talking about people. We love people. We're all in the same boat. Everybody, the, these spirits are against everyone. They, they cause those who follow them to self-destruct. You know, those who even hate the gospel, they self-destruct. So we are, we are praying for them. We're for, but the thing is that if you don't fight this darkness in the public square, you're going to fight it in your home. Mm. Yeah, and I've already seen many, I mean, I've known of many Christian families who are dealing with this now. Because of their children, you know, if you don't fight it and, you know, it's this, look, this, that's what they said. You know, what happened in, in Germany? It was demonic. It was an entire nation being possessed. And the thing is that everybody says, oh, it's okay. It's not going to last. But in the end, the thing is that if you don't fight it, you know, it's coming for you. You know, and, and Jonathan, uh, sorry to interrupt, but on that point about Germany, a lot of those that fell into that embrace of the diabolical, they just did it through silence. They they, they were complicit by their silence, weren't they? Yeah. It wasn't just those who were marching people into camps. It was people who said, no, we're just going to turn a blind eye. We're not going to, we're not even going to respond to this. And, yeah. and and that's that's just as guilty in some ways as as being involved in the in the marching and such to, to, total totally totally my father actually grew up in germany under hitler so yeah he, wow. you know I, i'm only alive by a by a quirk that he got out you know but yeah it was demonic and and the thing is if you don't do anything you are guilty by not doing anything um and the thing is that you know the the, the spirits i spoke about at the beginning are i said in hebrew the word is shedim that means you know what it comes from it's a hebrew word means the destroyers they're interested in destroying no matter what destroying and the thing is that it is already taking over our culture. It's not just individuals. For instance, this goddess, you know, we just spoke about the goddess of altered sexuality. You know what else she was the goddess of? She was the goddess of parades. And so she had parades. She had, in ancient times, she had men parading in the city streets dressed up as women. Women dressed up as men. Color parades. You know, you know color all over. Sexual licentiousness. Well, it's back. It's back. You know what also? She possessed what, there was one month of the year where she especially possessed. Mm. And you know what it was? I actually look back at the writings of the early Christians. And I look back at, at I look back at St. Jerome. And you know what Jerome writes? He identifies it. The, the, the time of the festival, the time of the processions. You know what month it was? He calls it in Latin, Iunium. We get the word June. Mm. June was the month that the goddess possessed. And by the way, she's the goddess of pride. So now we have an entire month of pride. You know... This is, this is something that disappeared back then because the gospel, it's back. Another thing, you know what also, there, there was a sign of the goddess. You know what it was? It was a sign of the rainbow. It says she's the goddess of the rainbow. You know, all the colors of that flag that I, I won't go through it, but in the, in the return of the goddess, I put down every single color is linked to that goddess. And now it's taken over. It's crazy. It's not natural. How did that flag take over American embassies? How does it take over our schools? How does it take over uh, cereal boxes of children? It's not natural. We never did anything like that. It is supernatural. And you know what? Of course, the rainbow belongs to God, not to man, not to her. But she actually, in her mythology, she's the goddess who actually takes what belongs to other gods and uses it for herself. So, so there's a very dark secret behind the rainbow that if anybody knew, if the people who wave it would realize what it means, they would never touch it. 
And and I'll tell you something. Let me tell you something else about this. You know, all the the Supreme Court has actually made decisions that that legal basically change marriage, change gender. We all know it. It was like it was like a it was like a twelve year period from two thousand three to two thousand fifteen when marriage was struck down. Remember what happened on that day when marriage was changed? You know, they, Obama lit up the White House. Yeah. You know, and I'm not talking about that, but it lived up in the colors of what. The rainbow, yeah. which is which is basically saying I'm giving America over to this 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 mm-hmm. principality, but but you know what? On the ancient calendar, that night when he lit up the White House, it was the the tenth of the month of Tammuz. That's in the Bible, and it's in ancient Babylon. I looked at ancient Babylonian calendar, and you know what it said? The tenth of Tammuz is appointed to cast a spell to cause a man to love a man. Mm-hmm. That's the yeah. day. That marriage was transformed wow. on the day of the goddess, and and uh, and uh, and so this is and this is I mean this is gigantic. It is affecting all of us. You cannot hide from it. You know you yeah. can't put your head in the sand. And, and why would you want to be? Because we are called to be lights in the world. Yeah. Jonathan, with yeah. with that, you know, and our time is getting close here. But you know, I've 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 listened to all your videos, and you, you always say we 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 got to be hopeful. You're hopeful, and so. Um, and, and you say a revival and I've been saying that. In fact, I think I told you earlier when we were talking that, um, we're, uh, Doug and I are actually leading a 90 day prayer campaign that's leading up to the day of Pentecost. And we're literally praying for a Holy spirit revival in the land. Um, Jonathan, I wish we had the, uh, the antidote or whatever, uh, yeah. but we need to call out, don't we? And we need to unite. Uh, Satan is, is, uh, the divider, right? Diabolos, the, the, the divider, and he's keeping us separated. Um, and I, I, we need to unite and I pray that, oh man, would it be great to have just millions gathered or I don't know what it looks like, Jonathan, but, um, we need a revival. Can you speak to that? Well, for, yeah, first, first of all, there's, there's always hope, you know, as long as there's yeah. God, my, and my books yeah. always end up with hope, you know, you know, but we have yeah. to deal with it. If we don't know what we're dealing with, that's not hope, you know, right. Um, and, and, and the last part of the book is called the other God, because we got to remember, number one, we have, we have the God who is above all gods. And we have the, there's nobody like Jesus. There's nobody like our savior. There's just nobody. Yeah, that, that was the name that actually cast out from an entire generation. That's a powerful thing to have. Yes. And we've got that. There's no God like our God. And the thing is that to remember that, that, you know, the people in the Bible, they dealt with this, you know, you know, Moses dealt with the gods of Egypt, you know, Elijah dealt with the God Baal, you know, Paul dealt with the gods of Rome. So this is not new, but it's revived, you know? And so now we got, we got, you know, if the dark gets darker, the lights have to get brighter. That, that, you know, this is the time, you know, when everything's gray, everybody says I'm a Christian, doesn't mean anything. Right. But now it actually really means something, you know. Right. So we have the chance to be great. These are times that produce greatness if we'll rise to it. And yes, the only answer, first of all, the only answer to these gods are God. The only answer to the spirits is the Holy Spirit. And the only answer to what's happening in the world is revival. And that and that goes to the scripture where he said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their own evil ways, I'll hear from heaven, I'll forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. God is real. Listen, if, if the if the devil is real, God is real. If these spirits are real, yeah, God is real. And his power is greater. But, the, but it also means that if you are, you know, whoever's, you, you're, those who are listening, if there's anything in your life that is not, of, that that is, 
linked to these gods, whether it's pornography, whether it's, you know, whatever it is, or what, anything you put above God is an idol. You know, there's only anything that you put above God, so get it out of your life. And the point is, the point is, if you are following God, God will give you the power in Jesus' name, gives you the power to overcome. To me, you know what I would say is that, you know, what's the most exciting part of a movie? The last 15 minutes. Yeah. So listen, God put us in this most exciting part of the movie. He wants us to rise. The, yep. he, the people of God must rise. But we have to stand all out for God. And the one who stands all out for God in his word, in his spirit, in his power, God will lift that one up. And he will empower that one because greater is he who is in you, he yeah. said, than he who is in the world. Yeah. Right. Jonathan, how can people get your book? We want to make sure we get that announced out here clear. And yeah. it's going to be in the description in the summary for the podcast, both video and audio. But if you could tell us out yeah. loud. I got yeah, the Return book. of the Gods. Yeah, yeah, it looks like that. Here's my copy here. It looks like that. Yours looks more purple for some reason. Well, yeah. oh. So the Return of the Gods is everywhere. Um, and it literally, I mean, you go online right now on Amazon. It's everywhere. It's everywhere online. It's, it's even been in Walmart, all that. And I pray that people get it, not just themselves, but for the people in their life. Yeah. who are being affected by this, you know, in a big, a big way. So it's everywhere. Um, and if there, people want to get in touch, you know, the ministry is called Hope of the World, and it gets the gospel out, and my teachings are all there. Um, and if they just go, just remember hopeoftheworld.org. It's on the web, uh, hopeoftheworld.org, and we send teachings, we send free gifts, and we'll send all sorts of stuff. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, but the point is we have to be strong now. And and I, I am praying that God will use the return of the gods to not only open, our eye, open up eyes, but also <clears> arm <throat> people for what is coming, because we, we do have victory, but we got to know how to fight. Can I ask one last question? I'm sorry, before we let you go. If we do not respond as we should, and there have been so many warnings in so many different ways from heaven, where do you see this going? And this may be a little bit of a darker look, but in all actuality, if we don't respond, if they would not have dealt with, if they would have dealt with Adolf Hitler sooner on, maybe we wouldn't have had the Holocaust. If they would have dealt with Castro, maybe we wouldn't have had, well, Cuba still is under, under the thumb of socialism, communism. Where do you think America goes if we don't respond as we should? Well, you know, it, it's, and, and yeah, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you what I feel, but also I'll, even, the, even in that there's hope, and I'll tell you, but the hope is a little bit different. Sure. And that is that if we don't respond, if, if there's not a turning, then it gets darker. And then what we're going to, America is not going to be, it's already passing the Christian nation we once knew. It'll become an anti-Christian nation. And it and there will be persecution of all those who hold the name of Jesus, all those who, who stand for God, there will be persecution. But here's, so here's the, here's the good part of it. The good part of it is it's kind of like there's a mystery. I won't get into it again, but there's a mystery to the end times. And that is that things are going back to where they were at the beginning. And one thing, one thing is that, you know, in the beginning, you had this, you had, you had a pagan Western culture. Well, it's going back. It's going back to that pagan culture. Mm -hmm. But you also have the book of Acts at the beginning. So if, if the world is going back to where it was at the beginning, it's time that, that the people of God go back to where they were at the beginning, mm -hmm. which is the book of Acts. And that is the power of the spirit. And that is powerful. Because the light that shines in the darkness lights up the world. You know, the light in the daytime, you barely see it. God is calling his people to become lights in the darkness. Mm. That is the, so, so even if it's getting darker, all right, listen, if these are the days of Elijah, let's become the Elijahs of the dead. You know, mm. this is a time for the great, to, for the, if the bad is going from bad to worse, it's time for the good to go from good to great. So even, so yes, I, I, if, if, they, if there's not a turning, then it's going to get real dark, but then we got to get real light. Right. That's good. 
Jonathan, thank you so much for coming on. This yeah, has this been great. amazing. We finally got you on. Our <laughs> schedules were not uh, getting together, but um, but can we close? I'm gonna I'm gonna say a little prayer and uh, hold up my hands and ask God, please help us, help us in this time of uh, tribulation that we're facing right now. Uh, we've opened the door. We've made room for these gods, these demons. Um, we ask you to help us. Help us to fill the room with your light, with your love, with your Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and enkindle in them the fire of your love. Amen. Amen. All right. Thanks, Jonathan. Uh, so thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Everybody get your book. God bless you. Thank you so much.